This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Rambling Gambler, and this is my Casino Combat Podcast. Please remember that on this podcast, we spell combat with a K. Let's do the important part, and then we can get started. Sound good? Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, children of all ages and persuasions who are of legal age, this podcast discusses gambling and casinos. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know the phone number for your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that phone number. We will make sure you have that phone number. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Wow. <laughs> let, let, me, let me take a breath here, folks. Um, anyway, I am the Rambling Gambler. This is episode number four of my podcast, and today we are going to do casino combat core concepts, and we are going to discuss ba- gambling bankrolls. We will have a moment of casino wisdom, and the rambling segment features a return to an old friend. We're going to finish up in the VIP lounge. Sound good? Any questions? Wait, <laughs> you don't have any way to ask questions, do you? Um, my fault, my bad, but problem found, problem solves. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com with a K, and I will start answering the best ones during future podcasts. I'll get to core concepts in a minute, but i got a couple things I want to talk about first. Thing one. I've had some emails, people who think I should not be going to casinos during a pandemic. Words like reckless and irresponsible have been used, and I'm sorry folks, I'm just not going to talk about COVID except as it relates specifically to casinos. I'll tell you how protocols are being handled, I'll tell you how it impacts our ability to, to do the techniques that I'm talking about here, but otherwise I'm not doing COVID. I don't know the right thing or the wrong thing for myself or anybody else. I am not a qualified medical person, and I have no idea who's right and who's wrong in all of this. I'm a guy trying to get his side hustle together. And if we're all being really honest, I hope I help you. I want to help you. You know, I want to build a little group of combatants out there that that follow this and do this. I want to leave this as a legacy for a new little lion. But... I'm not trying to tell you what's right, wrong, otherwise. I'm going to talk gambling, and my COVID input is going to be based on what happens with the gambling. Other than that, you're welcome to to send me your emails. I I appreciate it. I'm grateful that you're listening. I'm sorry that I've upset you, but no COVID talk. I'm just not going to engage. Um, Thing two, kind of along the same lines. I'm getting some emails that somehow want to make this about politics because I said X, that means Y, or you know I'm you know, I'm part of this group or I'm part of that group. It, it, 
I'm not. I, I'm not. And if I am, it's not part of this podcast. The only politics I'm going to do are, like, here's a great example. My state is currently considering two different bills to legalize casino gambling for sports. And they're different. And they'd be, impl- they'd be put together differently. And they'd have different repercussions and ripple effects for gamblers in my state. Okay, fair game. Happy to talk about that. That's something I know something about. I have an opinion that could actually be meaningful and useful. And I'm more than willing to do that. But I don't want to hear your conspiracy theories. And that doesn't mean you're not welcome to send them. I appreciate you listening. I'm glad you're listening. I'm grateful. Okay? But I'm not going to get in a back and forth. I, I, I could do Facebook if that's what I, if that's what I wanted to do. Um, it's not what this podcast is about. It's not what I'm about. I'm about finding ways to exploit casinos for fun and profit and helping my listeners do that for themselves. That's my deal. That's my mission statement. Laser focus. Exploit casinos, have fun, make money, help the people that listen to this podcast do that for themselves. I hope that seems fair. I hope that's open, honest, and transparent. Let's get started with Casino Combat Core Concepts. remember the core concepts from previous episodes, but for anyone joining us, let me run them down real quick. Learn a game with a minimum house advantage. Learn a betting strategy that includes both progressive and regressive concepts. Have a bankroll of money that you can afford to lose that is sized appropriately for the bets you're going to make. Get a player's card from the casino. Have the discipline to win a set small amount of money and leave, or if you're losing and you've lost a small amount of money, leave. And in the end, Try to win the month, not the day, and keep the losses to a minimum and make it up with comps and gifts. Last episode, we talked about progressive and regressive wagering strategies. We saw why neither concept is exactly perfect. Either one of them can get away with you. And I taught you a wagering system that uses a modified version of those two techniques combined. If you missed the previous episode, you probably want to go back and at least listen to the core concepts segment. Uh, Today we're going to discuss having a bankroll you can afford to lose and making sure it's large enough for the bet that you're going to make. So fair warning, if you were told there would be no math, sorry, there's going to be math. I think it's easier math than the previous two episodes. I always tell you at the top of each episode not to gamble with money you can't afford to lose or money you need to pay your bills. And there's a reason that starts every episode. It starts every episode because it's important. If you're just getting started... You need to have, get, or save, over time, a gambling bankroll, and you need to keep that bankroll separate from your real money, for lack of a better word. So here's a very simple formula on how big your bankroll needs to be. Take the base bet you're going to make. Last week we used $10. Let's use $10 again. You need 10 bets as your buy-in at the table, and you need a minimum of three buy-ins to even enter enter the casino. So $10 times 10 bets times three tables. $300 in this example. If you don't have $300 that you can afford to lose, do not go to the casino. Again, if you don't have $300 you can afford to lose, don't go to the casino. If you have $300 you can afford to lose and you get to the casino and the only tables there are $15 and $25, leave the casino. Come back when you have the money. Don't gamble if you do not have 10 times 10 bets times 3. 
don't do it. You are just asking to lose your money and leave. Not that you'll always lose your money and then leave. In fact, the worst thing that could happen is you go into the casino with you know $100 and you play a $15 table and it actually works out. Because then you think you've got it figured out better than I've got figured out and you're setting yourself up for failure. If your bankroll isn't large enough, leave and come back a different day with enough money or find a different casino or find a time of day when that casino has the limits you, you, you want to use. I guess I shouldn't assume everybody knows that. I really apologize. The casino limits on Saturday night at uh, 9.30 are going to be way higher than the, the table limits on Tuesday at 6 a.m. At least in my experience at most casinos that I've been to virtually everywhere. So the fact that you walk in on a Friday at 5 o'clock and they don't have anything that fits your bankroll, that doesn't mean if you come back on Wednesday at as I said, 6, 7 a.m., that they won't have things that fit your bankroll. And I'm sorry I didn't think about it, and I'm sorry I presumed what you know, and I'm sorry I rambled. No, I'm not. It's the name of the podcast. You should be know what, know what you're in for. The concepts here are easy to understand. The execution is the part that's difficult. Entering, entering a casino and not gambling because you don't have enough money is difficult to do. Your, bank, your brain tells you, well, I don't really need three buy-ins. Yes, you do. Or you don't really need 10 bets. Yes, you do. In the last couple of episodes, I've been able to do the work for you. Learn a game with a minimum house advantage. And TRG says, here, here's one. I'll teach you. Learn a wagering system with progressive and regressive concepts. And I say, hey, TRG, gambling system number one. I'll teach you that one. This one, you've got to have the discipline to do this one correctly on your own. I can't give it to you. You've got to learn it. You've got to do it. And, and you've, you've got to do it out of, out of your own abilities. So I've seen this a bunch of times. In fact, I saw it the first time I was ever at my local casino when it opened. It had been opened a couple weeks. And a guy walks up, younger guy, and uh, he buys in with $40. And I know it's what he's got because it comes out of his pocket in a rumpled mess. There isn't any other money with it. And, and it's not two 20s, it's a 10 and two 5s and a bunch of 1s. And I'm kind of thinking I already know how this is going to go. It's a $15 table. He loses the first bet. He loses the second bet. He tries to make this next bet with $10. And the dealer politely says, sir, it's, it's a $15 minimum table. So he digs through his pockets and, and he asks the dealer if the dealer can hold the spot. And of course the dealer can hold the spot. Everybody's going to have that happen for them. And then he looks at me, and I think I know what's coming. But instead he says, well, I wait till he comes back. Well, sure, of course. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure I know how this is going to go, but I'm easily amused, and I'm really just there to see the new place. So I watch him walk to the ATM, comes back with a $5 bill, turns the $5 bill into a chip, and my first thought, you just paid $5.99 in ATM fees to get a $5 chip. So you're betting $5 and you're going to get $5 back if you win, but that's really a $10.99 chip. So he wins that bet, wins $15, actually lost with the ATM fee on that, then loses the next two bets and leaves. He didn't have enough money to gamble. He didn't have enough money to even try to gamble. Please don't think that you have listened to my podcast, you know how to bet Baccarat, you know how to wager, and somehow you can skip this this part of this. You, you can't skip it. You need to get the money management right. And if you get it wrong the first time, not only do you feel bad, 
but you've set yourself back on getting yourself in a position to do it right the first time. Get the right bankroll before you go. If you use my approach, 10 bets as a buy-in, having at least three buy-ins available, you have staying power. If things don't go well and you need to make that four and a half unit bet, you shouldn't be getting nervous. And if you lose and you leave the table, you have plenty of funds to try again. Whether that's 15 minutes at a different table or three days later, you've got funds in your bankroll to try again. Gabriel and I were just talking about this the other day, as a matter of fact. And I asked him, hey, how do you decide on, on your buy-in amount? And uh, he asked me mine, and I told him, and his response was that uh, if it's anything up to a $50 table, he just buys in for, for 500 bucks. Not my approach. Kind of think overbought in on a, on a $15 table. But look, I can't fault him. I'm not expecting everybody to do what I do. Everybody's welcome to, but... I recognize there are a lot of smart people, a lot of smart gamblers, a lot of people that have their own point of view on things. I've never seen him gamble until his pockets are empty. So whatever his bankroll is, it has depth. And while Gabriel and I have, uh, have been tremendously honest with each other about wins and losses and how things are going and all of that, bankroll amounts have never really mattered as much as buy-ins and wins and losses and wager sizes and, and all those other things. So one last story, and then then we'll move on here, okay? But this show the story shows why enough bankroll is important. I think I've told you that when my local casino opened, it was part of the Caesars reward system. And after about a year, I'm at the very top tier in their system. And we're going to talk about reward system and tiers next episode. But being at the top tier in a reward system has a lot of perks, particularly if it's one in Las Vegas and Atlantic City and all over uh, North America. Anyway, eventually my local casino ownership decided they didn't want to be part of Caesars Reward anymore, and they create their own their own local reward system. But I'd gotten spoiled after three years at the top of the Caesars system, and I don't want to give that up. So I started gambling less at my local casino and making more trips to Las Vegas and Atlantic City to, to earn enough points each year to stay at the third level of the system. I was going to have to gamble way too big um, to get to the fourth tier again, but at level three, if you get to level three, you're getting most of the goodies and you're getting the important goodies. So I'm short on points. It's in the fall. I take a long weekend trip to Las Vegas with Mrs. TRG's blessing, mostly because she knows that if I get if I finish the points, we're going to enjoy the benefits for a, for a whole year, and she's she's going to get plenty of those benefits. I was in the middle of a good month. Everything was fine, so I took three days worth of gambling money for $15 tables. And I really intended to completely stay and frankly did completely stay at $15 tables. And the only way I wouldn't have done that is if, if I'd won big the first day, I might have refigured the bankroll and decided, no, it was going to move up to 25. Um, but no, that didn't happen. Um, in fact, it didn't happen at all. It was miserable. I'd lose three or four hands and then pick another table and down about a hundred bucks and then I'd repeat that process and then go to another Caesars property and then repeat that process and I'd go to the VIP lounge for food and have a drink and try again and lose again and did I say it was miserable I think I said it was miserable it, it was miserable but you can see that after several losing tables for the day I still had some of that money and this happened again the second day and ended up being an early night so the last day I slept in and the morning session was more of the same. But in the afternoon, I got a little wind going. 
won back a nice piece of what I'd lost. Not perfect, not a not a winning trip, but uh, I I got a little dinner and and took a minute, took a break, figured out what I was going to do. So what I did was there was a casino right next door that was also a Caesar's property that I just I always have a good time when I'm there. I don't always win when I'm there, but I always have fun. I like it. I like the atmosphere. The, the rules you couldn't ask for more. Uh, the glassware is wonderful. Just everything I like. And so the plan is I'm going to go over. I'm going to get an after-dinner cocktail. And I'm going to play until I lose three hands. And when I lose three hands, I'm done. Hard cut off. Out the door. In bed. Airport the next day. Done gambling for the trip. And it just never happened. I played. And I played. And I played. And I played. And I never lost three three hands in a row. And as much as I don't ever like to walk out on a streak, uh, finally at 5 a.m., needing to leave for the airport in three hours, I stopped playing and went to the hotel to get a little sleep and shower and pack. I finished the trip with a profit after expenses equal to six weeks' pay. Six weeks, folks. I, I got to think for anybody out there, winning six weeks' pay in one day changes your world just a little bit, or your kids' worlds, or your parents' worlds, or pays off your car, or something. If not, once again, maybe gambling isn't the best thing for you, or maybe you just have so much money it doesn't matter. I don't know. But great trip, plenty of points, plenty of profit. Don't get caught up in the profit of the story, as much as I was just boasting a bit. Focus on the discipline and money management involved. The winning doesn't happen if I go off plan. The winning doesn't happen if the second night I just say, oh, what the heck, it's 9 o'clock, but I'll just start betting tomorrow's money. If I do that and it keeps staying south, I don't have the money the next day unless I hit the ATM, which I never, ever really want to do. It doesn't work. So, look, for a plan to work, you usually have to work the plan. I stuck to my process. I stuck to my plan. I limited my losses. I used my technique and then made bank when things turned my way. Our next segment is a moment of casino wisdom. Today we are going to discuss casino wisdom number three. Don't drink alcohol and gamble or be properly prepared if you are going to drink alcohol and gamble. If you're new to the podcast, a casino wisdom is knowledge of a casino situation plus experience in a casino situation leading to a very specific action. I'll ask you to trust me that as it pertains to alcohol and casinos, I am more than qualified to tell you the proper action. And the proper action is don't drink and gamble. Drinking alcohol messes with your judgment and gambling requires judgment. My best advice is win your money, then celebrate with a cocktail. And quite frankly, in the pandemic, if you're going to celebrate with a cocktail, celebrate in your hotel room, have three, drive home the next day. That's probably the best way to go. Casinos in many states offer free drinks. Those that do not often offer a discount. Now, if you watch me in a casino, I will often have a drink in my hand. What you might not notice, unless you watch carefully, is that some of those drinks particularly if they're free, often go into the bathroom half full and don't come back out. And no, I'm not chugging drinks in the bathroom. You might not notice that often a nearby plant is 
drinking with me when I check my cell phone between shoes. It is often useful to let a casino assume that they know what is going on when they really don't. Show them a guy with a lot of bills on vacation drinking and gambling and they will miss the skilled player underneath. So that part of the so that's really kind of part of the second part of wisdom number three or be properly prepared if you are going to drink alcohol one way to properly prepare is to be disciplined enough to drink some avoid impairment until the winning is done the better way that i properly prepared and i don't know that i'm necessarily proud of it but it served me well is that before i married my wife and as i was preparing for our first trip to las vegas after work on Friday, when, we, when I'd gone out for some, for some happy hour with people, I'd come home with a six-pack of beer, and I was already impaired, and I would practice basic blackjack strategy on a computer while impaired. I reached the point where, even well under the influence, I could play basic strategy nearly perfectly. And even sober, everybody makes a mistake once in a while. Everybody done it tell you stories for days. The final way that I prepare is all the systems I've been showing you. I almost never need to use judgment in a casino. I follow my core concepts. I can play my betting system under the influence or completely sober. I follow my exit conditions regardless of my mental condition. All of my judgment is in the plan. All of my judgment was made at home or in my car before I went ever, ever went in, and quite frankly, a lot of my judgments were made a decade ago, and I've been following for a decade, and I know I can follow them, and I know I will follow them. So, my advice to you is follow the first part of the wisdom, at least while you're learning. See how well you are able to handle the plan unimpaired. If you can handle things unimpaired, if you're making money, if your losses are staying small, if the goodies are start rolling in, make your own choice about the second part of this wisdom. I'll have what I think is a funny, funny story for you in the VIP lounge later today that ties directly into this. So stick around for the VIP lounge. But next, we're going to do a little rambling. It's time to travel, folks. This week, we were back at our first casino, my old home casino, thanks to Bubba getting us a room in a sold-out hotel. There isn't much to tell you about this, really, but I'll hit the highlights. Additional safety protocols have been added since our first trip. There are now squares taped on the floor for each chair at a table, and your chair has to remain in the square. And if that happens, while you're a little further back from the table than you'd ideally like to be, everyone is going to be six feet apart. Also, Masks are now required at all times, and smoking is not allowed anywhere in the building. And I don't want to discuss masks, and I know everybody's debating masks. For me, for mine, for where I am at this thing, um, I'm happy with all masks everywhere, and I'm always happy if there's no smoking, because I quit smoking forever ago. The other nice part here is that casinos are open in all the adjoining states, and have been for almost two weeks. Capacity and demand are no longer an issue. Seats at tables, seats at slot machines, all readily available. And the final bonus is that the steakhouse and the sports bar are now open, and so we have additional food choices and some you know, more upscale food choices at that. We had a nice time. We 
lost and spent a day's pay. Not great, not the end of the world. So this is probably our last gambling for the month of June. I mean, it's possible. I gotta stop down and get a bag for Mrs. TRG at my local casino on Monday. So maybe one more little session. But regardless, we're gonna finish the month with a profit after expenses. More than a week's pay. I would have been fine with losing and spending money the first month to get things started. A profit's just bonus. It's just a bonus. The last thing I wanna do is fully get things going and I want to do that by by getting something started with Caesars reward system um, normally I'd have been Caesars properties in Las Vegas and Atlantic City several times between January and June I'd have gotten a fair amount of points I'd have tried to get more than half the points that I needed to get to their third tier so I'm behind on points but they have a property south and west of me it's a riverboat with connected hotel I was there once years ago five-hour drive wouldn't normally drive that far to gamble, but we got time. It's a reward system that I want to be in. Little bit of bonus. They've lowered their requirements for this year, so you have to earn less. And they're giving five times points in the whole month of July. So there, there's a lot of value here. And uh, bonus, my reward status from last year gets me a room rate that's just $80 a night. So they're meeting me part way. They're helping me out a little. Even I mean, think about that. Friday night, Saturday night, holiday weekend, even in a pandemic, and, and they won 80 bucks a night. Uh, how can I argue? So 4th of July weekend, here we come. Our final segment is a trip to the VIP lounge. Oh! A little bit of the bubbly. Come on into the VIP lounge, make yourself at home. Artisanal sodas and adult beverages on the bar. Sip what works for you. And ironically, our casino wisdom today is, was, don't drink alcohol and gamble or be properly prepared. But we're not doing any gambling here. We're just telling stories. And earlier I did tell you some of my trip tricks for being properly prepared. I have a great story about being prepared in action um, and right up front. Don't try this as a beginner. This this is a master's degree level of preparedness here, folks. And and probably in, in a moment of honesty, a little bit of dumb luck. But anyway, several years ago, I'm at the top of the Caesars reward system, which I, I think I told you. And as the winter holidays are starting, I've got a comp available for airfare for two and um, like five nights of hotel at any of their properties. But I've got to make a commitment before January 10th, and I've, I've got to fly before March 31st. And my youngest son is in high school and competing in a winter sport at a high level. So traveling before the state finals, it just isn't going to happen. So this is the second weekend in, in March through the end of March. Mrs. TRG and I are not going to leave him home alone so we can take a vacation and we're not gonna take him out of school to sit bored in a hotel room in a casino. So Mrs. TRG says, hey, why don't you see if our oldest son wants to go somewhere near the end of March, he's gonna turn 21 before then. Over the holidays, I show him a map of all the properties and ask if, if he's interested in any of them. Well, while he hadn't been there while of legal age, he'd been to Las Vegas a couple times, he'd been to Atlantic City, and he's a history buff. So he wants to go to New Orleans, and his spring break is the last weekend in March. So I gotta tell you, if you're a father 
and your son, who just turned 21, wants to spend spring break with you in New Orleans, you take that offer. It, the fact that it's free is a bonus, but still, your 21-year-old son wanting to, to do spring break with you, that's cool no matter what the reasons. Conveniently, the two weeks before, everything for me at the local casino was great. You know, uh, over the course of two weeks, uh, six weeks pay. So the normal game, gambling bank, bankroll goes uh, in the safe. It gets left behind. And half the winnings for those six weeks gets left in the safe because I've been planning ahead for this trip. And off to NOLA we go with the equivalent of three weeks pay in my pocket. And I'm really just interested in having having fun with my kid. And I don't care if we spend it. I don't care if we lose it. I don't care if, if we spend it on ridiculous stuff. I'm thrilled to just have the opportunity. So the first day, he's setting the itinerary. We get there early. We do a bunch of sightseeing. We get some dinner. We get cleaned up. We go out on Bourbon Street. Objectively, I'm going to say we didn't really overconsume. We certainly didn't overconsume by Bourbon Street standards, but we certainly did consume. And so as we're coming back into the into the casino on the way to the hotel, I say to my son, "Hey, do you want to stop and have a drink?" While, while I play some cards. And he's like, no, you don't need to buy me another drink, Dad. And I left and I said, if I'm playing, the drinks are free. And he's like, wait, mine too? And I'm like, yes, number one, son, yours too. So I play a bit and he enjoyed the freedom of being 21, not far from the elevator to his hotel room and having a waitress happy to bring him free drinks. Nothing too extreme. He didn't 21 overdo it. He had a few and he decided he was going to call it a night. And I should have joined him. But the table was rolling, and I hate leaving when I'm winning, and particularly when I'm winning with house money. So, uh, did I mention long day, hot sun, a lot of sightseeing, a lot of walking, plenty of food, plenty of drinks. From my point of view, folks, I nodded off. And the next thing I clearly remember is looking at a table piled full of neatly stacked chips in appropriate amounts. The $500 chips were in piles of 10. The $100 chips were in piles of 10. The $25 chips were in piles of 200, just exactly the way I do it. And the floor boss says, oh, you're fully back with us. A lot of people hate you. <laughs> and I was like, why? What did I do? What did I do? And so I'm counting this large pile of purple and black and green chips. And I find out from the floor person that over the course of several hours, multiple people joined me at the table and lost, and lost bad, while I'm half awake. And the boss says that it's the damnedest thing every time she was ready to ask me to go up to my room and call it a night, I would make exactly the right basic strategy play. And she quickly figured out my betting system, and I never left it. I never did anything random. I never made any mistakes. I just kept winning. I never missed a bet. I never missed a hand. I never made a wrong play. She had never seen anything like it. I had bought in with three days pay and I had won six weeks pay. And that, my friends, is being prepared before you drink and sightsee and gamble. I know a great deal about casinos and I want to learn more about casinos and I am more than happy to learn from you. Got an idea, got a concept, got something you think that you know fits in with what I do and how I do it, send an email to what I do at casinocombat.com. And if you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. That's it, folks. I appreciate you listening. I hope you remember that Casino Combat is spelled with a K. 
Obviously, I'm thrilled if you enjoyed it. I'd be way thrilled, way crazy, over-the-top happy if you decided to like, subscribe, and share. And I'd certainly be happy to take any uh, dislikes that you think need to be levied, because I'd rather know than, than not know. If you think this is total garbage, show your friends the total garbage. Let them laugh at it, too. Enjoy it together. Make up a drinking game, as I always say. Won't hurt my feelings. I won't mind. I have spoken. Everything you have heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving. I hope you understand. I was born a rambling man.